Okay, recording now, Ramon, um, I, I pass it to you. Good morning, everyone, and good afternoon for the other one person on this side of the Atlantic. Um, so, so today, uh, uh, after <laughs> thinking a little bit about the title of the talk, uh, um, yeah, we agreed to call it Opening the Heart. So it's a talk about uh, opening the heart, uh, releasing control. And I want to share uh, three experience, experiences that relate to, to this uh, topic. Um, so the first one was uh, happened uh, some months ago during a um, during a 10, 10 day uh, retreat. So I was uh, I remember entering to the retreat with a lot of enthusiasm and starting to to sit in meditation and I started to experience uh, back pain. And uh, and back pain is not something that I usually uh, experience. So so I thought, well, okay, it might go away. So I mean, sometimes I have knee pain or maybe shoulder pain, but back pain is a little bit rare. So after a couple of days, the back pain was not only not going anywhere, but it was uh, getting stronger. And I thought, oh, gee, this is going to be a long retreat. Um, but uh, I uh, just uh, started to to, to practice, to tell myself, uh, welcome it, like a practice of welcoming it. So every time the pain was there, I was saying, welcome, welcome. And uh, not, not loud and not, maybe not even in my head, but I was trying to, to welcome it, to invite it. And uh, yeah, so it, it didn't go away. So I, I told myself, why don't you really invite it? And then uh, I then also start to welcome other things. I tried to to welcome the food. I mean, uh, welcome the weather. It was very rainy some days, and my clothes were were uh, wet. And also welcoming the smell of the cows because this was close to this was on the mountains, close to a field where where cows were uh, eating some grass. And also the noise of the cows with the bells and and so on and so forth and uh so in the process it felt like as if i was uh really trying to soften the mind and one day completely unexpected i like the back pain was there and i completely gave up i was like okay <laughs> like i give up this is not going to go anywhere and then in that moment where I really, really gave up and I surrendered to, to the pain, then my, my experience changed. And, and then I felt really like an opening. And, and, and then the pain was no longer, I mean, it was still there, but it was not something that was deeply bothering me. It, was, uh, it felt like as if I was blending with it. So, so the whole process of the previous days of what I sometimes call 
kneading the mental dough like when you do a do you do bread or pizza uh from scratch then or or any kind of um of dough i mean at the beginning you have to blend it some of the ingredients and then trying to make them really soft well depending maybe on what you want to bake but uh really really soft until it really starts to stretch almost by itself i mean almost by its own uh weight and and then that's uh what i experienced with with the back pain and then i started to notice a whole different experience like the waves that come uh when when experiencing pain also the yeah also like these scratches that or this feeling of uh, this unpleasant feeling, but there's also like a very nice pleasant feeling <laughs> uh, that also brought me together, like a like a concentration, really bringing everything together. And then I, at one point, I realized my first question was maybe by itself uh, inaccurate because by saying why don't you invite it, it it means that I was not really even considering it part of the experience. It was like someone outside and then i realized it was always there i mean it was all it was uh as much as a, as a guest as as a host in my experience and and then the 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 resistance uh started to to fade away uh until it really opened by by itself and I um, later I recognized, or maybe also during the experience, that I was I had to really release control, control of thinking that I could handle the pain just by uh, thinking that I that I had the the power to do it instead of just uh, letting it uh, be. And I. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I, I really uh, cannot forget the, the the experience, and and then I these uh, start to uh, I started to to practice this uh, what I I call a practice of receiving. So so when after the retreat I began to 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 practice to receive. So. Yeah, okay, there's something that maybe it's uh, unpleasant or even the pleasant things as well, like just receive it. Uh, and I remember that some days later I was having breakfast, uh, I think that was oatmeal, and a, a bee was flying uh, very close. And in that moment, I mean, the bee was not doing anything, was probably wanting also to have some breakfast. But it's, I mean, it's one of those bees that sometimes flies really, really close. And I really like bees, even though I am uh, allergic to them or, to, I mean, these things. And then what the immediate reaction was, instead of trying to, to move my hand, was just to put the bowl of, of porridge in front of the, of the table so that the bee could have breakfast as well. I mean, I didn't have to fight with the bee. We could share breakfast together. Uh, and it was actually very nice to see that happening. Uh, didn't take, I mean, the bee didn't take a lot of oatmeal. Uh, and so, so then uh, observing this practice, I or, or this experience, I noticed that it was 
part of it was really a sense of uh, freely giving yourself, uh, of in a way of honoring the, the gift not yet given, even though the gift doesn't always have to be what you wanted. Uh, we tend to think to think sometimes think sometimes that uh, that gifts are supposed to be something that we might like or we or might want, even though we know that a lot of times they they are not very accurate. But sometimes, but in life, I mean, in in, in our human existence, there uh, it's full of things that we don't want and and we get, and full and also full of things that we would like to get. And we and we don't uh, receive them. Uh, so this practice later evolved to one of giving. So one day I told myself, "Why don't you just give uh, to I mean, give anything to anyone uh, whenever someone asks it." Uh, and it was surprising to see that that's a, I mean, there are not so many opportunities, but. Uh, but it's something that I would uh, encourage trying. Uh, but I, I would, now I will share a, a second experience. The second experience happened uh, a few weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago, uh, when we were on the, uh, on the Alps. So one, one day we were uh, hiking with uh, snowshoes and it was wonderful, like really being in, in flow with a lot of soft snow. And the next day we were trekking again, but I didn't have snowshoes. And it was a quite a different experience. I was sliding a lot. I was, I mean, it was, I, I really had to put much more energy. Uh, I was not going forward. So it became to, I mean, this frustration became to, uh, increased little by little. So it was like, ah, oh, sliding again, from sliding again, sliding again, to, to oh, why are we doing this? Like, I should have brought snowshoes. This is not a great idea. Uh, there's so many things one could do. So it was, uh, and then I, I realized, okay, if I continue with this attitude, then uh, this will also uh, impact others and also make the experience of other people uh, miserable. So while, uh, while experiencing that, at one point, uh, as we were reaching a little bit, I mean, it was not the top of the mountain, but a, a higher point, I stopped and took a timeout. And then I realized that my whole mind was focusing only on, on the snow that I was supposed to step in. So and every, on, 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 not even on the path, but just like it was very, very narrow. And I was not seeing anything else. I was almost not even, I was completely disconnected to, to, to the mountains. So I took a breath and then I just looked, I mean, I, I moved my eyes and looked a little bit everywhere and I noticed the trees, the, the path. I was like, oh, this is very nice. And then I turned around and then I was facing the, the Alps. And then I realized, wow, I mean, it was, it was looking at the Alps were like, as if I was looking at a, at a Buddha sitting quietly, silently, allowing everything to happen. In some parts there were, of the mountains, there was some rain or maybe snow. 
and sometimes there, some other parts got uh, sun, there were some houses, there were some trees, there were some rocks. And actually I was sharing also that space. I was also on, uh, on the Alps, I mean, not on the same mountain range, but uh, just in front. And in that moment, the, the magnitude of the Alps brought my sense of uh, existence into perspective in a very humble way. Like I, very, I felt very, very small in, some, in a relative sense, saying that, uh, I mean, the sublime uh, property of nature, but at the same time, uh, universal, because I was, I was connected. And then I realized that exactly the problem was being disconnected. I was forgetting about everything else. I was just focusing on my very self-centered view of how, of my, my own story. And, and this, and then I, I realized, yeah, there's sometimes uh, dukkha, there's sometimes frustration and suffering, and there's sometimes uh, sukha, happy moments and joyful events, but uh, we tend to, to disconnect them. And in that moment, uh, I noticed also that as one of the precepts says, um, that I was not making, not building a harbor for anger. So I, anger arrived and that's something I couldn't control, but I was not allowing the ship of anger to find a place to, to anchor. And, uh, and slowly again, the frustration faded away and actually again, my, my perspective changed. Even my, my eyes felt more relaxed and actually probably they were also more relaxed because instead of only looking down, I was looking also at the, at the horizon. So I wrote down uh, that day, just to share it with you. Uh, the magnitude of the Alps were putting my existence into perspective, both my relative view and the absolute one. We know the ineffable, the undescribable, when we encounter it. We might not be able to express it, or we might not be able to locate it but we know it in our hearts. And there's a small quote from uh, Henry Thoreau that in a way expresses maybe that feeling. It's not what you look that matters, it's what you see. And the last experience happened uh, a few days later. So, so during uh, so when we're, uh, we're staying in a, in a small, simple hut with uh, uh, no internet, no central heating. Uh, and we had one group of friends uh, the first days and a second group uh, of relatives the, the, the second half of the, of the days. And with the first group, there was a very nice dynamic. Uh, we we're very getting along very well. And uh, there were laughs and hugs and a good atmosphere. Uh, th that group left and then another group uh, arrived and the dynamic was completely different. There was more tension, 
there was some stress that I didn't know where it was coming from. And and one uh, and the last night, one of the one of the of the relatives had like what I imagine an anger attack. And we were sleeping uh, in the middle of the night when suddenly uh, I start to, or we start to hear some music. And the music became louder and, so on, and louder. And I thought, well, maybe some people are having a party. So I looked at the window and I was like, I mean, which people, if we're like in the middle of nowhere, I mean, the next neighbor is like a kilometer away. <laughs> and uh, so I like trying to go back to 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 bed then this music became louder but sometimes uh lower so it was intermittent so it was very hard to to sleep and then i realized oh yeah so one of the uh of the new uh of the people who arrived is downstairs and you can hear everything and i went downstairs to see what was going on maybe to offer some help but it didn't work out and there was some shouting and the music was being done on purpose and so yeah it was not a very uh nice experience and i felt of course uh also unsettled and i remember in that moment uh in that moment uh, steffi reminded me also of impermanence she said something like well one day we, we have like a nice group of friends nice experience and the next day it changes and it becomes the opposite and you cannot control it and so so well i mean this this uh not very nice experience stayed with me for some days and uh so then I, so I was experiencing a level of um, frustration that in some ways was similar to the previous to, to the other two experiences that I shared, but it was on a different uh, uh, on a different bubble. Uh, so it was a little bit more uncertain. I couldn't locate, locate it very well, but, but still there was some, some uh, satisfaction there. And one day, talking with uh, my teacher, Mado, she asked me, well, why don't you uh, bring uh, attention to facing the Alps? I mean, can you face the Alps again? And uh, so I have to say that this sounded like a koan or like a riddle, and uh, I had no idea what, what it meant. And um, but I just let it sink, like, let's see what happens. So, I mean, I, I tried actively to, to maybe see if, if these uh, unpleasant feel emotions could go away. But I mean, they, they didn't. Uh, and one day also without trying, I was uh, on the phone uh, talking to my mom. And that was a few days after New Year's Eve and um and we were talking about the family and how people are doing back home and uh, and then she told me a story that uh that touched me 
So this is a story that she heard from, uh, from one of my cousins. And to give some background, this is a cousin who a couple of years ago had a severe um, psychosis disorder. Uh, one day while he was traveling, he became completely disoriented and he lost uh, pretty much all of his belongings uh, and uh, stranded in an airport. And uh, well, when he returned uh, home, he started to receive uh, psychiatric um, treatment. So uh, I'm happy to say that he is now better. So this is a little bit the context. So this cousin was, uh, I will call it the cousin, because there's another cousin coming into the story. The cousin was walking his dog uh, with uh, his brother and uh, also about uh, New Year's uh, day uh, when a man approached both of them and asked them if he could pet uh, the dog. And um, apparently the older uh, cousin said, well, I mean, um, I'm not sure this, this is uh, maybe not a very good idea uh, because, I mean, there's some, he, he, he felt some strange vibes, like some, the way he was looking, the way he was behaving. So he was very hesitant. But the, the, the cousin uh, enthusiastically jumped into the conversation and said, sure. Yeah, you can, of course, touch it. Yeah, you can pet it. And so, so they mend it. And uh, the, the older cousin was not very, uh, was not very happy with the reaction. So after, after the man left and they started to talk, he asked him, like, why did you let him pet uh, the dog? I mean, uh, and he said, well, why not? I mean, I don't see any problem. And then the, the other cousin replied, but you, didn't you look uh, at the man? And the cousin said, yes, actually I did. I said, well, so then I don't understand it. I mean, he, did you look at his, the, the way he was talking, the clothes, the way he was behaving? Maybe the clothes was, he didn't say that. Um, uh, I mean, it didn't feel uh, safe. I mean, he was acting out of uh, maybe a little bit uh, fear or or protecting uh, the uh, him and, and and his brother. Uh, so I mean, like, didn't didn't you realize that? And then actually, then the cousin uh, it could be it could have been dangerous or or harmful. And then the cousin replied. Uh, I, I, I hear you. I did. Uh, I did see the man, and I didn't see. I didn't find anything wrong with uh, letting him pet the dog. They continued walking, and he added, "You don't know what this man has in his head. Not everyone has the fortune to receive medical treatment. For us, it might look like a big deal." 
that is actually nothing. But for him, petting the dog could be like a wonderful Christmas present. And after listening to this story, I was immediately moved. And uh, my feelings and opinions and ideas about the uncomfortable incident uh, were uh, brought to pers into perspective. Uh, and, I, and then I told myself, yes, you don't know what, what is happening in other people's uh, head. And in a way, I felt like I was facing the ops again. So I will just finish with this small, um, it's not a small, it's not a quote, it's a short story of Ram Das. And he says, uh, when you go out into the woods and you look at the trees, you, so, you see all these different trees. And some are bent and some of them are straight. And some of them are evergreens. And some of them are whatever. And you look at the tree and you allow it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light and so that it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all of that. And you are constantly saying, you are to this, you are to that, or I am to this, to that. That judgment mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are.